0: This is the fourth episode of Onkata, mm-hmm. and in this fourth episode, I'll be having a conversation with um, Otobong Nkanga. Mm,
1: you pronounced it Israel, Otobong Nkanga.
0: Uh-huh. I did it,
1: huh? You did it well.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. I still have it in me. I still have, I still, you know, I know. Ibibio. Yeah, Ibibio. Yeah. You can speak Ibibio. Um, Sosong. Sosong. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And um, I I, bad, yeah. yeah, but my sisters know how to speak more yeah? because they spent some time with my grandmother.
2: Oh. But it was
0: me who didn't get that opportunity. Yeah, opportunity to spend time with her. But two of my sisters know how to speak. Mm. Um, well, um, she is a visual artist and a performance artist, and she's had very illustrious engagement with the art over a span of close to 20 years because her first exhibition. Um, was in two thousand and two. Are you sure? According to you know <laughs> known history.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, um, two thousand and two. First personal. That's what how you said in your Wikipedia page. Okay. Yeah. I first didn't... personal. It's called classism and help me out. And beyond, mm-hmm. and but beyond. it's not the first. Okay, so that's so the first personal.
1: Oh, the first personal. Yes, yeah. I would say so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the to... first solo show
0: so far it's been like a long long journey Mm -hmm. for you but before we begin i'd like you to do one thing
1: Mm -hmm. let me know
0: can you read a poem oh okay i can any poem or you can read from one of the poems in your book i can read from me. yes because
1: i wouldn't remember all my poems and they let me see I think I'll read this one called Our Future Will Be, the Aptasia Our Future Will Be, and this was written in 2015. Mm -hmm. Fractures can sometimes be identified as light falls on its aching path. How do you see the cracks that appear? Would it be rough or irregular? Maybe shell-like, smooth and curved, or maybe jagged and sharp? edged like broken metal, forming elongated splinters, breaking like clay or chalk? Our future is to live with bruises, uneven, hackly, splintery, earthly, sometimes brittle, sectile, malleable, flexible and elastic. Will we be able to resist the crushing, tearing, bending and breaking? Could we be easily broken into powder by the cutting and hammering? Would we be pounded into thin sheets like brass or copper? Will we be bent to not return to our original form when stress is released, when stress is released? Would we be bent like a string only to return to the original form when stress is released? Our future will be, can be, and definitely be, with bruises, uneven, hackly, sprintly, or splintery, earthly, brittle. Sectile, malleable, flexible, and elastic. The light shifts to slowly fade. Will we be able to resist the stress?
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, look at, look at what I have here in, on my iPad. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. You so, actually
1: chose the same one that I opened the page to.
0: I was going to ask you to read this one at the end of oh, our talk. Damn. But it's okay. So you went straight to that. Yes. Which is super interesting because I felt like this poem, sort of like, is almost like a, a running thread. Mm-hmm. You know the way you are thinking about you know the world and the so-called future, the space that we are going to call our own. Mm-hmm. I felt like okay, that would be that would have that would be a good way to sort of like end it. End it, but, but we, we could, are beginning with we're it. We're beginning with it. Yeah. So I guess now it opens up. Although we're going to come back, I think at different stages. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. the same to this poem now because it's it's become a theme for us. I think. I think so. You are talking about this future that is. If you ask me, I would say tasking. It doesn't exempt anyone. It really calls you to task Mm -hmm. when you say, you know, talk about bending.
1: A certain kind of resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Can we use that as an entry point into um, how you see the world and your place in it? And if that has a connection with how you grew up Hmm. and the circumstances around your, say, childhood. Let's begin from there.
1: Um, so where do I start from? Would it be standing, starting from the notion of bending or would it be starting from, um, a stress? I mean, even in the state of being released into this world mm-hmm. comes with a certain amount of stress and tension from my mother or from the women that mm-hmm. gives birth to a child. Mm-hmm. and. And to be able to relax, it's so already that aspect of thinking of relaxing the body, of like allowing the body to release another being into the world. So mm-hmm. we can already think of, and it that shape, or let's say the, the space where the child comes out has to be relaxed for the child to come out. And mm-hmm. then at that point in time, it then gets, it has to c- come back again to the shape and the form that it's meant to be. So I can already start from that point of thinking, the origin of being given birth or the form or the shape and that tension, the release is already a starting point to think about my childhood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and in many cases we had also kids or families where the child, would not make it into this world mm-hmm. or the mother would not mm-hmm. survive that mm-hmm. moment. Um, so it's kind of an amazing thing that I'm here mm-hmm. to start with. So I will start with that to think or to start thinking of that process of being on this planet and, and um, getting to know my mother, getting to know my father in Nigeria. So I was born in Kano. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I think the only thing I remember of Kano, and I don't know if it's from imagery, were the pyramids, the pyramids, the ground-knot pyramids. Mm, yeah. But I don't know if I remember it or if it's something that came or stuck in my mind through images that I saw as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the age of three, we moved to Lagos. So that was, um, we moved to, we were at uh, Yaba College of Technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember we lived in a stilted house. Mm-hmm. And that was around the 70s and our house got burnt around 1978. And there was a riot. I remember there was a riot around 1978 mm-hmm. where um, it was my first encounter with tear gas. Mm-hmm. And so it was the first time I ever was blind oh. and, and getting lost among the riot. Mm-hmm. And 78. Around, around 78. Mm-hmm. I think there was a riot then. I, I know that in Yaba College of Technology or... Where we were staying, there was a riot. I lost my parents, and I was screaming. And I think it was the first moment in life that I kind of realized that I could lose my parents mm-hmm. in a strange way. And you were four
0: years old. And I was
1: you, about four years. Yeah, and that still stays. Because you know the smell of tear gas, you know, Mm -hmm. it burns, it's burning your eyes and then you, you don't know it as a kid, you never have experienced anything like that and all of a sudden you lose your sight Mm -hmm. and all your senses are being heightened Mm -hmm. and it was the first time I really had an encounter with my senses Mm -hmm. in a very intense way. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fear of not being able to bend back to what you are, Mm -hmm. not being able, you, you're afraid Oh my God, what is this? What's happening? Uh, I can't see. My eyes are burning, my skin, everything. And I remember my father picking me up. I could smell him. I could hear him. And they kind of washed my face with water. And then we had to leave and we went to Festac. Mm -hmm. Those are, the kinds of memories that mark you mm-hmm. and that shape you in certain ways.
0: And it's, it's interesting because you move from Kanu to, to, to Lagos. So that's the north of Nigeria to the west. Yes. And we Nigerians, we know how, what that shift is. It's actually a big journey, mm-hmm. especially around that time, because we also know that it was a time just coming out of the civil war. Yes, exactly. And independence was not so far off. And so this is a young country that was trying to shape itself. Mm. So every move is always crucial and important. Yes, exactly. So, um, I can imagine that actually that began that, you know, the the, the journey of moving, of discovering the world, Mm. of having all those experiences that will shape you, Mm. that will bend you, that will stretch you. Yeah. So how, how did you, how did you go on from there?
1: Well, I okay. think maybe I have to start from a place of thinking of why did my parents even go to the north
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. in the
1: first place? Because, exactly. and that's this, that's a question I have and have not been and has never been answered, because we know that the war started around 1967, the mm-hmm. Biafran War, mm-hmm. and we were we are from the eastern, southeastern part mm-hmm. of Nigeria, mm-hmm. um, Ibibio from Akwaibom before from cross River State, mm-hmm. and so we know that tension that has been with. Um, the northern part of Nigeria and the southern part of Nigeria, and the fight for Biafra, and the division, the, the wanting of the division of north and south of the right. country, mm-hmm. and the war that took place where millions of people died. And so, I've always asked uh, for me, I never could get that question asked because my father died when I was seven. Mm-hmm. And my mother when I was 17. So the question came later. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was nobody to really reply on that. Why were they in the north? And why did we come back in the 70s to the West? Mm-hmm. Um did, so, you, did you
0: find any did you did you find any clue? Let me put it No,
1: because I think the what where I could have had a clue was burnt in nineteen seventy-seven.
0: Yeah, the house. The house.
1: So the clue, um, I, I think, well, with my, we only have, I have a few pictures of my mom and my dad, their marriage, uh, photographs. I don't know how that survived mm-hmm. or where it came from. And I have one Polaroid with my brother, my sister, and that's it. That's all I have of my childhood. So every kind of evidence was burned. In the stilted house in Yaba, um, we came back home around two after school. We went, we went to Our Lady of Apostles mm-hmm. primary school in mm-hmm. Yaba. So it was a missionary, mm-hmm. how do you say, Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And we came back home around two o'clock when you'd come back home and mm-hmm. we saw our house was,
2: mm-hmm.
1: was, was burned down. Wow. And my little brother was there. That's my, the guard, the, mm-hmm. the, the, we're four. Mm-hmm. My, my sister's the oldest, I'm the second. And then there's my brother, Guard, who's the f- third. And there is Peter, who's the fourth. So Guard was born in 1977 and he was still a baby. And I think he was the only thing that could be saved in that house. The rest was gone. Wow. So we came to an empty house, a burnt down, and there were neighbors around, buckets of water, people trying to like, saw, you know, help. Mm -hmm. But it was a wooden house. Mm -hmm. So it just went quickly down in flames.
0: Do you know what happened to the house eventually? How it was rebuilt? or if it was We don't know. It we left, we moved to Festac afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's,
1: um, we moved afterwards to Festac. We got a flat in one of those houses in uh, Festac town. Mm-hmm. And we moved there. Yeah. It was also a kind of traumatic state to you know that you would, everything you had was gone, mm-hmm. but I know my mom had an altar. Mm-hmm. So, like, she had this altar with candles, and and we were Catholics. <laughs> so there was Jesus so did,
0: Christ did, and Virgin Mary and all that. <laughs> did you go through the process of the Catechism and... Uh, you, you went through the process of the Catechism and yes, uh, we did confirmation all and all that. Yes, we
1: did all that. We did all that. Because we went to a, we're in a primary school that was a Catholic primary school. We mm-hmm. had nuns, you know, these white ladies running around. Mm-hmm. And we would also have sessions where we would... Um, go on Saturdays to confess our sins. <laughs> so my kinds of sins was I stole meat or, <laughs> you know, and then I beat my sister and I lied to my mother. And then they'll tell us to have like seven Hail Marys and, and our fathers mm-hmm. and pray. And then after that, your sins have been forgiven.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and do you think they were like, m- more, like more lenient than even your mother? If, for example, she found out that you stole meat
1: yeah. Seven Hail Mary mean, is more It's diner, better right? because my mother would just get the, the kaboko, as we call it, <laughs> that bamboo kaboko that sweeps and like when she swings it, it makes that sound. And, um, and that she'll be like, uh, like give us a few spanks on yeah. the butt. Um, but on Saturday is going to confess first, your, your scenes to, a father behind bars, mm-hmm. behind bars, <laughs> um, was better because at least saying, and you didn't have to say the seven Hail Marys. So next time you go back to the father, I said, I said only six, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then you tell you, okay, you have to do. it felt good not to feel responsible for your sins that yeah. someone else could tell you how to get rid <sighs> of that uh, quickly. And then you could go back and do the same sins again. Who cares?
0: <laughs> wow. 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 So, so I don't know if you like to talk about this, but mm. you, you just said that your dad passed on. Yes. Uh, at the age of seven. Yes. What happened? How? What was, what, how?
1: Um, it was, he was ill. That's all we know. I mean, it was something my mother did not, um, did not really talk much about. And my father, um, he was, um, he was into telecommunications. So he had a company in Lagos called GMAC, and that was around near um how do you call it Onikon area, mm-hmm. going towards um the University of Lagos yeah. area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then he had another company in the north, um, the same telecommunications and also in Calabar. Mm-hmm. And so my father was traveling a lot. We saw him. My mom was mainly the one that was at home and working. She worked at Queen's College Mm -hmm. um, and teaching at uh, Queen's College. And my father, at one point in time, he was more in Calabar. Mm -hmm. And and then my mother told us he was ill.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And so he did a lot of tests. They couldn't really find what was wrong with him. But the few times I saw my father, he was getting skinnier and skinnier. And at one point in time, he didn't come to Lagos anymore. So my mom was traveling often to Calabar to be with him. And then we would go to school or the driver would take us to school. And and my mom would be in and out between the east and the west of Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And then one day she came back and she had her hair was all shaven and... And she said, my father was dead. She took us out of school. She just came to school. My mother had lost so much weight and she just got us and we went um, back home and took our luggage and went on a flight back, went to um, Calabar. Um, And then that's when I knew that my father would be no more. So we saw him during the burial Mm -hmm. in our village. And that was the first time I saw my father and his skin was totally... Relaxed, he looked extremely peaceful.
0: And you were allowed, as a seven-year-old, to see yes, him. Yes,
1: we were allowed to see him. In the, we saw the coffin.
0: So this is this you is saw. your first time. Is this your first time of seeing someone. someone who's passed on and yes. the, the setting of a of a burial?
1: Yes, we did the wake keeping. We were there at my father's village.
0: Because I remember the first time I saw a funeral procession, and I saw mm-hmm. someone lying in state. that was mm-hmm. around eleven. Okay, and I know that is something that never leaves you at that first encounter. Yes. I still
1: remember exactly in like the cotton wool in the nose, in the ears, him wearing a black suit with, um, a white tie in. So he wore an English costume. So wearing a traditional, mm -hmm. you know, what we would wear and, um, he didn't look like my father. He looked like someone else, strangely enough, but it was him. Mm-hmm. So we stood around him. We could see him. As a
0: seven-year-old, yeah. well, how were you able to reconcile the, the you know, the, the two images? The fact that it's not him, but it's him. How? Like you said that it didn't look like him. It didn't but look it, like
1: him, but it, it looked like him in, yeah. a, in a weird way. But it didn't look like him because his eyes were closed. Everything, the skin relaxes. There's no more tension. Mm-hmm. And I always see my... It's, you always see a person in a state of tension Mm -hmm. unless when they're asleep. And even then I feel like death, the sleep of death, that's, is a different, it's so different from when you're even sleeping that the lines are, everything is like, it's, it's the extreme calmness. The skin is no more under tension. And for me, that was the first time I'd seen the skin not being under tension. So you, you don't believe this person is gone. You just believe this person is like so relaxed and so, I mean, at the age of seven, there are many things. I think my thoughts were, what next? How are we going to do this? What Mm -hmm. And where are we going? It was just overwhelming because we didn't go so much that often to the village. Um, We went a few times in 1977 in which I had images of ponds with little tadpoles and Mm -hmm. fish. Mm And, and then in 1981, and that was the last time I went to my village, 1981, the last time. The next time I went back to my village was in 2018.
0: Whoa, whoa. Like last
1: year. Yes, last year. But
0: you always go to Nigeria, but not to your village. Never
1: to my village. The death of my father was the the end of the village.
0: Okay. Wow. (laughs) This is interesting.
1: Yeah, so I never saw my father's grave until
0: last year. Now, in between that uh, funeral mm-hmm. and 2018, mm-hmm. a lot has happened. Mm-hmm. You've traveled, you've been so many places, you've found, so to speak, mm-hmm. home and homes. Yeah. In so many other places. Yeah. Going back to your village now, is there some sort of like, okay, reconciling all of that, bringing all of that together?
1: Um, it's just... I think I see it in a very practical way. (laughs) It's given me a lot of years to deal with the emotions. And the emotions are not only about my father's death, but the emotions are also about family and about the kinds of decisions that our elders, or let's say my father's people, my mother's people, um, what they, um, the decisions that were taken and the consequences of that. So it's a much more complex story than just the death of my father, Mm -hmm. which I feel like I don't really want to go into, but it's something that it needed time to deal with. Mm -hmm. And especially knowing that when you come from a family that has a certain kind of prominence within the local government area or, and what that means in relation to the name of your family, what, you know, um, and then you know that you come from a certain kind of family that not only delves with things that are the material or but also delves in aspects related to ancestry, spirituality. And, you know, you know how it is in Nigeria. It's mm-hmm. not just a family. is not just the family. It's also the ancestors that are linked to that. It's mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. certain rituals that it's are that done. It. It's not. So you have to understand what all that means mm-hmm. in relation to how you want to enter back or how you want to go back to a place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're not just going back to family, you're going back to a landscape, you're going back to certain rituals that you maybe do not want to get involved with.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you... <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> what, what you're talking about. In fact, um, there's so many... You know, similarities with the way you, you know, started off mm-hmm. with my life as well. Because mm-hmm. I was born in Kaduna, you mm-hmm. in Kano. I mm-hmm. was in Kaduna. And two years later we moved to the east, mm-hmm. not to the west, to the east. And um, of course, again we come back to that mm-hmm. question. Why did how did my dad end up in the north? Yeah, you know, in the first place. Do you know? Yeah, I know. Because yeah, he was very young when the war started. Yes. So he was running away. People thought he he died. He was about 11 years old mm-hmm. and um, nobody saw him until he came back you know to mm-hmm. the east after the war but apparently he just found his way in there north, yeah, yeah i met my mom there mm-hmm. who is igbo you know they met themselves and i was born in the north as a consequence mm-hmm. of that of, of that that meeting routine, and yeah. of, of course of the war pushing him to that that yes. place and then of course that's where the journey began for me mm-hmm. that's where the journey began and i've been traveling since then i've been moving but again, this returning home, you realize mm. that you go to the village, you know, there's some sudden, you know, rituals or mm. some certain things that you don't want to be. Mm. You want to sort of like put yourself a little bit, put some distance mm. to.
1: Yeah.
0: First, until you understand how, how to come into that.
1: Yeah. So I think it's still a slow kind of um process. But I, I mean coming back to the village, I came back with the with an artwork called Car to Flow. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I've entered. People don't know I'm there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but it's more a foundation that is there, a mm-hmm. land that is bought mm-hmm. um through um other means than my name or so I, I'm I'm not yet there. I'm just slowly building like a structure which allows you to be there. Mm -hmm. And then I can deal with all the other stratas because I have a place to stay or I have a land where I can farm, where I can build maybe with other people. Mm -hmm. So it's a different, completely different. I'm not going in as like, okay, I need to meet my uncle, I meet this, no, 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 I don't need to meet them yet, but I start with a project that can work with like maybe kids, with Mm -hmm. um, university students, with Mm -hmm. around art, and then they would get to know who or what and I will get to meet them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I find that it's a much it protects me mm-hmm. in that way Yeah, yeah it does because if I go in as just Nkanga mm-hmm. or you know in there then I will have to deal directly with things that have haven't been dealt with
3: mm-hmm.
1: and with art you don't even have to like think about you can work on another way and then they see it from mm-hmm. you're this foreigner but mm-hmm. actually you're not mm-hmm. but I, I like Playing that position of like it's a foreign element that will enter mm-hmm. and that foreign element is actually uh, rooted in that yeah. place but yeah it doesn't have to work the same way that we think it should work yeah
0: so so that element of incomprehensibility yeah. is going to help sort of like create a bit of a a necessary distance until slowly. Yes, and it, it happens. It's, it's yeah, right. and I think
1: I can negotiate the distance mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. because um, I can work on different levels. Either with um, since Nigeria offers many levels, you have traditional, you have uh, more the British imported kind of um, systems. Mm-hmm. You have there are many systems, mm-hmm. oral systems, and so you have to know all the systems mm-hmm. to be able to work with those systems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you can make hierarchies of those systems when you want something to come on top or something mm-hmm. to come underneath. So I'm interested in those multiple systems mm-hmm. and to but you have to create a structure that allows for this different systems to work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can't be attacked directly on one thing mm-hmm. because you're proposing something else. so yeah. there would have to there has to be a place of negotiation mm-hmm. and of discussion
0: interesting. we're going to come back to this negotiation because I think that is also something very strong in your work mm. and will I say who you've turned out to be before we get there yeah I'd like to go back a little bit and ask you about your mom okay and hmm. growing up with your mom
1: okay, okay. my mother uh-huh. without my mother I wouldn't be um, I mean the mental state or the the place of understanding resistance that when I talk about um Would you be bent like a string only to return to the original form when stress is released? Uh, That's my mother. My mother was a teacher. Mm -hmm. So she taught um, Queen's College in Lagos, Queen's College, Yaba. And she was the French teacher, the head of the French Mm -hmm. department. But She spoke German she spoke French. (laughs) She studied in Nigeria in Akwaibom and then she also studied in Dakar Mm -hmm. and she also came to Germany to study. So she was someone of languages Mm -hmm. and someone that was very much involved in training us drilling, they mm-hmm. like drill, <laughs> like how your mother can mm-hmm. drill. That means that you have to study mm-hmm. and you have to know what your studying is, not just cramming. She drilled us on math, you know, mm-hmm. like one plus one is two. Why is mm-hmm. one plus one two?
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, so you, things that you take for granted, she would question it. And so my mother was this kind of person that would not allow something to rest. That's the kind of education I had with my mother. So when my father died, um, luckily enough for us, my mother had a job and we were living in Festac then in one of those blocks of flats. And I think I'll have to go back to a place of when we left Yaba and moved to Festac, the strangest thing happened because we were used to living alone between ourselves. We had our own house, we had our playground, and then all of a sudden we move into a smaller flat mm-hmm. with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So in those days, you had water coming out from the tap. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. that was like 1978. So we have to think of Nigeria at that point in time, where the Naira was even stronger than Mm -hmm. the dollar. Mm -hmm. Because I remember having my passport where I see the exchange rate, Mm -hmm. because then you wrote down the amount of money you had. And
0: uh, and, and I have to mention here that it was immediately after Festa 77, right? Yes, also. So those houses became available. Yes, they became a, right Yes, away. exactly. Oh, interesting. So
1: they were available. So we, I, we saw Stack, I saw Stack. When it was just because we, we have a house in Festack. My mm-hmm. mom won one of those lotteries mm-hmm. where you get
0: a house. So one a house, the, and it's one of those buildings that came out of the, yes, out, out of, of the Festa seventies.
1: 70. So we're Beautiful. living in one of those houses. Mm-hmm. And so we went to visit the house under construction. So I saw Festack and I remember in those days there were shells on an empty space, like land, because it was landfilled. So landfilled with sand from the sea and you had shells, you had like really crazy plants. So I remember in those days we would be running around and the air was fresh Mm -hmm. and you had this landscape that you could see over, like farther away. And the buildings were, you know, Mm -hmm. staying in this flat, the staircases where you'd go in and people had their own, area and mm-hmm. and water flowing from the tap it's you know everything was mm-hmm. working and gradually you're seeing the decays that's installing yeah right so by the time my father died 1981 you actually saw the, change, the shift from 1978 to 81, where even our staircases were like people writing, it mm-hmm. was dirty. Then we had like water scarcity. You knew that water only came at six o'clock in the morning up to a certain time. So you knew when water would come and you have your containers and buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pipe was a water tap was installed outside. So now this is a time I discovered that how... When people need something, how violent people could be.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Before then, it was really cool. We had our own house. We could do, you know, you'd, you're not mixing with people. Mm-hmm. Now you have the Igbos, you mm-hmm. have the Yoruba, you have, a, mm-hmm. a, you have all kind of the Edo, the, 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 the Ishakiri. And then you see the kids who you shouldn't play with. Mm-hmm. You know, families are like, oh, don't play with my daughter. And then when you're playing... You realize that there are bad languages that start coming. So you start understanding what is good and mm-hmm. what is bad within that social context. Mm-hmm. So my mother was that pillar mm-hmm. that would, you know, spank us when we said certain words mm-hmm. because you're learning it from other kids. Exactly. exactly. And when we spoke English badly then my mother was like, you do not talk like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you do not. <laughs> but we thought, you know, you think it's normal. You absorb things from others. So my mother was this kind of barometer of mm-hmm. knowing when you've gone the wrong side and the bad and the good. Mm-hmm. And and then you start learning about fighting for water. So the bucket. Someone came. You put your. Someone comes. So you your, have
0: all those long queues. All uh, the queues. And, and then you sometimes you, you do your fights. At you the, do. The, you
1: see people fighting, like mm-hmm. fighting, like literally fighting women in there. It's super intense. And so you're, all that is like opening up in front of you. And so for me, staying in Festac was like hard because you knew that you had to learn how to deal with conflict Mm -hmm. and you had to see conflict happening daily. Mm -hmm. And you know that one day it will be your turn. Mm -hmm. And so the anticipation of knowing that it will be your turn was also quite stressful because mm-hmm. you know that you put a bucket of wine. Someone comes, ah, my bucket! Didn't you see my bucket at the side? And like, oh, excuse me, I didn't see. You didn't put it under the top. It's my turn, and then fight starts. So you learn how to be um, awake, alive, on the tension constantly, mm-hmm. and find your place within all that. So my mother, in that way, she was someone that would constantly be talking about what is just or not just when my father died my mother was struggling to just stay up because my brother the last born peter was six months Mm -hmm. when my father died Mm -hmm. so she was still breastfeeding and all that and so a lot of the responsibility at home fell on us we had to take care of my brother my mother just put us to cooking just taking care. I mean, we just clothes piled up. You know, and we would like washing. She made us work. <laughs> That's all I know. But I think all that we learned really defines who we are today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we moved at that point in time after my father's death. We moved mm-hmm. from Festac to Queen's College. Mm-hmm. So that was a completely different environment because my mom was teaching there. And of course, it would have been difficult to continue paying mm-hmm. the rent mm-hmm. for the houses. So I think the Queen's College or the school must have said that we take one of the staff buildings mm-hmm. and we stayed there. So my mom was also the head of one of the houses. So they had different houses in the boarding school. So mm-hmm. you'd have Danfodio House. Mm-hmm. You'd have a Funjoke, a uh, mm-hmm. Obi House. So these are names of important fighters or important people within Nigerian history.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but I didn't know all that, you know, Mm -hmm. but my mom was, um, Efunjoke, the head of Efunjoke house.
0: And, and they categorized by colors as well. Yes. So Mm -hmm. Efunjoke was purple, (laughs)
1: Danfodio was red, Obi was yellow, Mm -hmm. um, Obasa was blue. I still remember. It's funny because <laughs> I haven't thought
0: about this in a long time. Um, and so. And let me even take you even more to some. So what was it like being in school with other girls? And can you, do you remember? Okay,
1: um, I didn't enjoy that time of being, living in Queens College and my mom being the head of the French um, department mm-hmm. and also being the head of a fun house. Mm-hmm. And my mother was strict.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So when students would not do the right, mom would would really severely like, you know, you punish mm-hmm. that you're not meant to do this. Da, 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 and that. So each time when I remember when we would pass by, I wasn't yet in Queens College, but mm-hmm. they would like mock us. Mm-hmm. So you'd have a lot of the senior students that mm-hmm. would be like um, shouting names at us and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes pushing us mm-hmm. because they knew that. We were the kids of Madame Nkanga.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. So
1: <laughs> so we weren't treated so nicely.
0: And then... And you didn't get any preferential treatment eventually when you came to the school?
1: No. Oh, no. When we moved in, when I got into Queen's College, when we, uh, in my first year, um, they would, it was even worse because you'd, you're wearing the uniform and then they would um, call you names. They made fun of us or mm-hmm. made fun of me. I don't know mm-hmm. about my sister, but... Mm-hmm. You'd be walking underneath the, uh, you know, around, and then you hear s- seniors like calling, hey kangaroo, kangaroo, <laughs> kangaroo, come here, like, you know, and they will push you and push you and go and get this, go and get that. And, but the thing is that you don't want to go back to your mom and say, man. Mama, look, they they did this to me because, you know, your mom will like bring them out and really maybe Mm -hmm. publicly punish them. Mm -hmm. You know, like you cannot do this. And then compounds your Uh, problem for you. And that will be extra (laughs) because more it will be like loaded, you know, like one load on top of the other. So um, we just kind of lived with it and hoped that it would... Calm down. Where we were staying in the staff building, there was no water as mm-hmm. usual. So we had to carry water on our head. Mm-hmm. From another part, and that means you have to cross the whole school mm-hmm. carrying buckets of water mm-hmm. to take home. Mm-hmm. And you have the students that some of them were presidents' daughters, mm-hmm. you know, or like vice president daughter was in that school, mm-hmm. governors, mm-hmm. all this mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, they travel to England, they're like posh, da-da-da, they have their drivers coming in, mm-hmm. and you feel like, oh Lord, you know, mm-hmm. you're constant you feel like you're constantly in a state of like humiliation. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. So
0: that was a very strange... I can imagine, because, you know, we're, we're talking about Queen's College. Yes, yeah. we're talking about it's Queen's College. The yeah. other, it's the other one of the King's College. Yes,
1: the King... Yeah. And, <laughs> and you had the to... King's College coming to visit the Queen's College, right? <laughs> because Queen's College was formed in 1927 um, by the British, yeah. right? Yeah, And so it was a school that held a lot of prestige. Yeah. And so to get one, it's one of... It was the best education in in... In Nigeria, one of the best mm-hmm. schools or secondary
0: schools mm-hmm. in Nigeria. So At a lot least of, for the elites, you know, like. Yes, well, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And so you're doing like, you know, farming, your mother's farming in the side, mm-hmm. planting uh, momoikon, water leaf, <laughs> planting uh, um, uh, ugu, planting, you know, and you are there, you have to fetch water, you have to plant, you have to, and then the students are passing by, you, you want to dig a hole. You really want to dig a hole and, and, and cover yourself, but Mm -hmm. you can't. Mm -hmm. So I think that also lent, you learned resilience Mm -hmm. of like what people were saying or whatever Mm -hmm. they said. It didn't matter because that's your life and you have to survive. And you also know that
0: there is no choice. And there was no consolation whatsoever. No. You get a consolation from somewhere, maybe from what your mom would tell you eventually when you come back and say, look, this is how life is, or this is this, this is that.
1: We didn't even talk about it. That's how simple. And my mom would just, for her, I think, I get to understand it now that I'm more or less in my 40s, mm-hmm. that the things that you worry about as a teenager,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, like how people are looking at you, what people are saying, that at one point in time, really, you have to just live your life mm-hmm. because if you listen to what everybody's saying, damn, you won't have a life. Mm-hmm. And so, but then it's so, it, I think it's also hormones. It's many things. Mm-hmm. You're like, how are people looking at me and my mom? So, but you don't talk. You, I didn't talk to my mom because my mom at that point in time was, had to live, had to, I mean, she's I bet she wasn't even thinking what people thought of her, if they liked her or not. My mm-hmm. mother did not care if people liked her or not. Mm-hmm. She, she was much more about what is right and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. What should be done? What should, you know, mm-hmm. like she had an ethical mm-hmm. line and mm-hmm. that line should not be crossed. Mm-hmm.
0: And that was it. Do you want to talk about, you know, her passing on? What happened?
1: Uh... <sighs> Ah, well, that was later on when I was 17. So when we came back from mm, Paris and, um, that was a time where, um, we had like crazy strikes. Mm -hmm. And at that time I was in Mm EFE, Abafemia Awaolo University. And, um, so they had, mm, they had said that our school will resume. And so the strike was off. And I think the school was on strike for about six months or so. So that's like six months not going to school. Mm-hmm. And so once they had mentioned that the strike was off, we decided to, we, then we moved back to Festac. So we, my mom, we drove very early in the morning all the way to Ife. And uh, in Ife, we arrived and wanted to do the registration. And they're like, the strike is back on. <laughs> so um, we had to drive back. Um, but my sister, she said she would stay and wait and see in case they, they take off the strike. And my mom was like, OK, you stay. And I would go back with her with another friend of ours um, who lived also in Festac and who was in Ifair. So on the way back, we had a headlong collision with a military truck. So going up the hill and this truck, when going up the hill, the truck was already on our side, overtaking and it, so when you go up the hill, you do not see the car coming from until you're really on top. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it just happened a split of a second and before we knew it, the car was were in a total accident. And there was a lot of also traffic, cars, because people were leaving, going, leaving Ife, this one, Ife Bado Express Road. And in those days, it wasn't a dual carriage. It was just one lane on one Mm -hmm. lane. So a lot of overtaking and a lot of deaths on that, on that road. Um, but I never thought it would happen to us because you'd see it happening where a car accidents, you see, cars by the side, carcasses of cars. And then um, yeah, I was sitting in front and my mother at the side, and my mother had a huge Bible, and normally I don't normally read her Bible, it's one of these big ones, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I was holding that and reading it while she was driving. And And before I knew it, bang, you know, it's like a, it's like a film, a short second of like, there's a certain sound that went with that, which is a kind of like, there's a sound. Mm -hmm. I feel, I know the sound. And I lifted up my head and, and I looked around and I saw my mother like on the steering wheel. And then I realized that something had happened. And I looked around and I heard noises, people coming, and then I kind of climbed out of the car and I was screaming, going, I was going crazy. I realized that there was a point you can actually go mad. And I was going there. I was, I, I was losing myself Hmm. and people came and helped me and like slapped, like kind of hit me back into the reality. And then I saw my mother and then there were uh, friends that were leaving from school that were in their cars, their parents, and they got me into the car with the other person and they drove us to Ibadan. And so my mother, I don't, they put her in the car at the back. So we went to the, um, you know, like Luth, um, Mm -hmm. hospital. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The one in... In Idiara, In In Ibado. Ibado,
1: In It's like one of those government hospitals like Luth. Yeah. Like Luth. Okay. Yeah. And we arrived at that hospital and they were like, my mother was at the back of the car, you know, and they were like, sorry, we're on strike. We cannot, we cannot accept anything. They, they just said, leave, we're on strike. The hospital is on strike. There ibadan no doctors. Ibadan, yeah. No doctors there? No, on strike. We do not, they're like, we cannot accept you. You have to find, we're on strike. That's it. That's it. So we had, the people were like driving, and they drove us to now a private hospital and managed to get my mother. My mom was just like, you know, um, really... Um, She was still talking, you know, my children, my children, my God, my children. And, um, and then she was taking, and then at the hospital, they're like, I'm sorry. Um, you have to pay first.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: You have to pay first before we can do anything. That country. We have to pay first. And I was like, my mom's bag is not here. I don't know. You know, I, I, can't you just, no, we have to get blood. So to get blood, we need money. So I had to like the family that brought me in their car drove me back to the scene of where the accident is. I went back and meanwhile, to,
0: to, 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 get, the, to the get my
1: mother's bag with everything. And meanwhile, I had cut my eyes and my, it was, it's, it's, lead, yeah, nothing. So I got to the scene and then friend of people were there and they said, I oh, know this person has taken this, you know, people are, and they, Someone had taken our stuff. Of course. And had brought, taken it to the, Uh, followed us, but we didn't know. So I had to go back. And finally, my mom's bag was there in which there was some money, Mm -hmm. which I could then give. And then there, that's when they could start. So you can imagine the time. And this is quite a distance because this is a distance from Ibadon itself, Mm Ibadon-Gongong to like uh, Ife Ibadon Road. Mm -hmm and with the traffic with everything going on so um and so my mother they they started on the operation then the one of the doctors was able to come and then stitch my the skin that had fallen off my face luckily enough mm-hmm. for me the bible of my mother was what saved me because if not i've would had the splinters of the glass of the windshield of no the the glass mm-hmm. um the window like, um, yeah yeah On cutting Mm -hmm. my face. Mm -hmm. So actually I fell on my, on the Bible Mm -hmm. and it was my glasses that cut the edge of my eyes here. So my mother was alive. I heard her talk and she, but she was just more or less lamenting most of the time. And um, so I got anesthesia and then afterwards um, the next day I was able to see my mother, but she was, um, her face was four times the size of her face. Like, you know, everything was swollen and she was on a breathing machine. Um, and they, they, they allowed me that I was around 11. I saw my mother and I stayed in the hospital for seven days. And each day I was like, that was the last time I saw my mother. Each day they were like, I was like, oh, I need to see my mother. And they would say, oh no, she's, um, you know, she's, uh, She's in intensive care or she's doing better, you know, the different stories. And then um, some days after, when uh, another family friend of ours came from Lagos, they then told me, then I had to leave the hospital. Then they told me that my mother had died. That she had died the same day I saw her at four o'clock. So it was like, what? So how could, that was my, for me, the greatest shock that I never had the time to, that they couldn't tell me that she was gone. And I was there seven days, every day asking and I couldn't, nothing, you know, they'll be like telling me lies. Yeah, it was quite a, you had to grow up fast, Mm -hmm. like really fast. Um, And then the village comes to you again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For each time your village comes back. So your history comes back to Mm -hmm. you Mm
0: -hmm.
1: each time.
0: In the, and in the way of like uncles, aunties, aunties, and
1: and, and all the protocol, and then with and that. then you
0: begin the story of okay, where were you before? And
1: yes, and all that, and, and all and of that and are happening, yes. and now you are here. Yes, now, now you are here. What do you want? What do you want? And why do you want? <laughs> you know, because the you want the body, but for what reason? Um, and my mother had always said, I don't want to be buried. I want to be buried where I
0: die. And I know that also this thing that we have sometimes in our culture mm. where um when the man is no longer there, the family of the man tends to see, I mean, there's all of a sudden this sort of like enmity or something that develops mm. for um the woman and her family. And sometimes it goes all the way to accusing. The woman that mm. of, of killing the husband. Yes,
1: we had that already. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. So again, you you now see that the woman would constantly be saying, "I don't want to have anything to do with the family of my mm. husband. I don't mm. want to have anything to do with her." And while she's saying that, the family of her husband is the family of her children. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> she can't escape that. Yes. Because constantly they would like come in for the children. Yes. Um, Especially yeah. when the child is doing well, exactly. you know, it's exactly. like
1: well, all of a sudden the child is like, wow, that is our son <laughs> <laughs> or is our daughter, you yeah. know, everything is related to that notion of dowry. Mm-hmm. It's never an innocent thing. Once someone gives you money, it can come with consequences mm-hmm. and um, or pays for something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think, at the age of 17, I got to realize that the dowry my father had paid for, my mother meant that. We were the property of my father's people. Mm-hmm. So they would call us property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are, you know, you're especially with the male.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And
1: the female can be disposed of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can be used mm-hmm. to pay another dowry to get more money. Or so you you then understand that marriage, uh it was so funny because that's the time that you're grieving, you're mourning, and then you're you're also Realizing that the economics plays such a big role. Mm -hmm. So my mother had her house. The house in Festac was the house under my mother's name, Mm -hmm. which is her property, which Mm -hmm. couldn't be taken by my father's people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they said, since my father paid dowry, everything that came out of there is the property of my father. And we are the property of my father. If we have to look at within certain cultures and maybe BBO, It's really a patriarchal Mm -hmm. society, it's Mm -hmm. the male and everything around the male, um, he's the owner, he's the one that protects, he's Mm -hmm. the one that takes care. Mm -hmm. And once that is being disturbed, then you see all the fractures and how complex it is to be female within the spaces. Mm-hmm. And but when you think of the Bibio culture, there is also the giving the power to the woman. So the fattening room, for example, mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. just a fattening room. Mm-hmm. It's a room where you go in, you fatten yourself to prepare for giving birth. The older women now give you the history of the family you're marrying into. Mm-hmm. They hand over their politics, the social um Structures to understand how to manipulate and how to be within the family you 're marrying into mm-hmm. so and that is power in a certain way mm-hmm. so no matter even if the whole judiciary or the whole political or social structure is built around the man having power, mm-hmm. but underneath that the woman knows where to break and when to, where to solidify mm-hmm. within the family mm-hmm. who to talk to you 'd know exactly. The, the characters of each person mm-hmm. that you've married into because you're not just marrying your husband, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. marrying the family. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, you understand the complexity of mm-hmm. what that means. So mm-hmm. even if you have the dowry mm-hmm. or the pay you know, that's the structural power thing. Mm-hmm. But then you have to also understand where you can break that and mm-hmm. you can break that as a female body. In those days, it wasn't funny because we had to deal with my father's people Mm -hmm. directly Mm -hmm. and it was my sister and I that had to do that Mm -hmm. immediately like no we don't agree and the good thing was that since we we had a different lifestyle, let's say a different way of dealing with things or different language. We could speak French. Mm-hmm. So while they speak in Ibibio and we understand, we would speak French to each other mm-hmm. to decide on what we're going to say. And mm-hmm. then we will reply to them in English, mm-hmm. but not in Ibibio, because if we replied in Ibibio, it meant that we are connecting to them. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, mm-hmm. refuse to speak in Ibibio. Mm-hmm. Then we also got like different people around us to be able to have people that would support us mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we managed to like deal with that with the death of my mother. Yeah.
0: And, and, and this sort of like, um, um, tension between, um, the family of your, of, um, your late father, is it, um, also responsible for sort of like a distance, you know, that you put eventually with coming back home or to your village?
1: There are many things that play a role also I mean it's not only the family situation but it's also to think how do you want to do you want to get involved in certain kinds of politics in that space and how early do you want to be involved in it mm-hmm. and one thing is that I'm I have to also acknowledge that I'm also here in Europe mm-hmm. I live here mm-hmm. and you cannot be involved in things and leave them half I mm-hmm. cannot I cannot, it's either I decide I'm going full on and fight it. But if I leave it half, it allows for people that are there to be able to do whatever they they want. They can burn down things. Mm -hmm. We know who's here. We don't like you or we like you or whatever. You can destroy as you can make. So Mm -hmm. you have to build that relationship very slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not in that space and in that time to do that. Mm -hmm. So to be able to do that, I have to have it built up in a slow and... And have that distance, even though there is family, but it's also about just having the distance to be able to think and not to be able to start calming down fires Mm -hmm. because you're not there to do it. And you don't want to make someone else responsible for a thing that has been there for a long time that you haven't solved. It's not another person's problem. It's yours. So how you're going to do it is the way you have to think. I have to think carefully about that. And neither do I want that to affect the way I will work with younger kids or to affect the mission. Because that is personal. And the other part is bigger than me. It's bigger than the village. It's bigger than those people. So how do you shift or put that aside to be able to make sure that what you're aiming for, the path you want to create can still exist and you deal with the other in a private sphere? So it's like really separating the private, the public, even though I'm going back to a place that is... Mixed with all that, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm hoping that like that can happen.
0: So, how did you become an artist? And, um, I don't know if it's a question of becoming.
1: <laughs>
0: at some point, at become, some point, it I, was, don't I don't know. It think... was a question of uh, at some point. I think maybe not now.
1: I never, I think, okay, I never really thought about becoming an artist or so the word become, because it means that you were something else and then you became, so okay. you, you shift your transit from one being into another, mm-hmm. but I just felt it was. Mm-hmm. So it is, mm-hmm. it's not becoming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, Um. I think one thing that made it very clear what it is, the things I didn't define it. I don't, I don't even think about the word artist. I don't really give a damn about it, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because uh, it's, I I don't know how to explain it. It, I knew that I I enjoyed doing certain things. I knew the places where I could be calm, where it felt very meditative, where Mm -hmm. it felt like I could express myself in a certain way or with others. So it just started with, um, you know, my mother always said, you have to do things that you're passionate about and be aware of every gesture you do. So the things that you're doing, how do you feel about it? What do you think about it? It's not just doing things carelessly. Mm -hmm. There's no time for carelessness. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have much time. So even as a kid, we would still cook you know you'd come back would take care of other people's kids you you are always busy never just lounging mm-hmm. there was no time to listen to like madonna and like papa don't preach and like dance no 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 no. it's like what are you listening to you do doing- <laughs> you have to go you know and we're talking earlier on about cooking nigerian food which mm-hmm. takes like four hours or five <laughs> six hours so my mom would put us to the task mm-hmm. So that meant that you're grating coconut mm-hmm. like, and a lot of coconut. Mm-hmm. You make coconut oil. Mm-hmm. Then out of that coconut, you make coconut rice. Then mm-hmm. you would, then after that, grate the cocoa coco yam, water yam. My mom made us work, mm-hmm. get the palm kennels, make the palm oil, you know, palm oil and make mm-hmm. things for abak soup. And mm-hmm. my mom just did not let us rest, mm-hmm. right? So the thing is, you were just constantly making things, but those things have, they have an end. They're not just making for making, you're making mm-hmm. to, so that you make coconut oil for your hair, for your skin, na-na-na. and the derivance of that, right? Mm-hmm. And in between the moments of rest, where moments I would doodle, you're <laughs> in your room and <laughs> you're like, mm, you just kind of draw, you draw people, you it's your space of imaginary, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. floating, wow. like imagine worlds, like, wow, you know. Wow. Uh, because the rest was just filled with like heavy duty work, and so that's the place that I've always felt like, yeah, and then you have books that you will read in between, and those books will make you fantasize about worlds there you know in school, but you know the kind of books we were reading then were pesters, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> <They were pesitas. laughs> <laughs> and for me, that was like amazing because these were books that were made and talked about different parts of Nigeria, talked mm-hmm. about love,
3: mm-hmm.
1: about people falling in love, that mm-hmm. shouldn't fall in love, mm-hmm. you know, about Okon and this lady mm-hmm. and in the forest, and it talked about war, it talked about very, it, it was crazy, and then it would go to Kenya, to go to other places in the world, mm-hmm. and today when you read that, you would be like, no, because I, I still have a few pest mm-hmm. in my library. Mm-hmm. So these were the things in between. Mm-hmm. But then I would try to draw this lady that they would say she was luscious. Her black skin was glowing under the sun when the rain dropped and she sweat and the sweat dropped on his hands and it sizzled. Like you're like, whoa. Mm -hmm. So you're imagining this humid, hot. And then they were in the room together and Okonkwa looked at her Mm -hmm. and she turned around. And she looked out of the window and sadness filled the air, like,
2: yay, Jesus
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, whoa. And you're palpitating your hormones as a a teenager is like brewing because there is a guy that you're fancying, but you can't. But you imagine that moment. And then I'll be drawing Mm -hmm. this lady with tears dropping down her eyes as she looks out of the window. Wow. You know, and that for me was a way of translating who is this lady that her lips were full She had this Afro, she was one of those people that was fighting for black power in between. But at night she was a tiger, Mm -hmm. a tigress or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're drawing this woman that's partly tigress and like a black man Mm -hmm. (laughs) with Afro hair, like whatever. So, you know, those were moments I could kind of, come back to myself and feel the palpitation Mm -hmm. of like someone that I fancied Mm -hmm. or some or like oh I would you know how does it feel you're going Mm -hmm. back to yourself Mm -hmm. and then you're translating that on a piece of paper on doodles on and so that was that kind of made sense and then when we moved to Paris and we're at the British school in Paris that's Mm -hmm. when it was making more sense about art because I had an art teacher, Diana mm-hmm. Shops, and she was, I enjoyed it. You know, we went to visit Louvre. We would go to visit Musée uh, Rodin. And then you go and see also the Buddhist sculptures and and you look at things Or like, even, I mean, amazing. I was in Paris, you know. Being in Paris made me realize that and seeing artworks and all that made me realize that what I was doing can't be Le- legitimate in a way that can mm-hmm. be, it can be on its own. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to be any, anywhere else mm-hmm. that it's, it's something itself mm-hmm. that it's in this buildings, it's mm-hmm. a museum. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, so I can continue what I'm doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I mean, going to, um, Paris that was in 1985, mm-hmm. I remember. And then there was still Nigerian Airways. <laughs> <laughs>
0: look, at her, look at one of us laughing look at one of us laughing that was Nigerian Airways that was flying to Paris it's like the future really happened in the past And the
1: future happened in the past ah. Nigerian Airways flying to Paris really and in those days I remember in the planes you could smoke so um, it was our first time No, it wasn't our first time going on a plane because when my father died, we went on a plane from Lagos to Port Harcourt and then took the road to Calabar. But this was the first time actually taking a plane from Mohitala Muhammad Airport and flying all the way to Paris and knowing that you're not coming back for a while.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you're gone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we're super excited. Um, But we had already spent like days trying to clean up our house in Queens College Mm -hmm. because we had to leave it because it was a staff building. Mm -hmm. So we had so many books. Our veranda was filled with many things. Mm -hmm. So we spent weeks on just packing. I don't know where all that went. Mm -hmm. So there are many things I've felt in my life that have been lost along the way. The Mm -hmm. books we had, all these things. Mm -hmm. I don't have histories Mm -hmm. in material. Mm -hmm. So, but the only thing I remember was my mom carrying boxes of... Boxes of uh, dried leaves, palm oil, crayfish, everything you could think of was like (laughs) packed in boxes. And uh, that's what we took to Paris, right?
0: (laughs) That is a very typical Nigerian traveling.
1: Yeah, but this one was a lot, like (laughs) big boxes of like, in short, what we took was hardly we, for ourselves, we Mm -hmm. took maybe one or two few clothes. We arrived in Paris and then um, at that point in time, since it was with UNESCO, we We hadn't yet gotten our house, so we stayed in a hotel for a month, flat Mm -hmm. hotel Mm -hmm. in in Paris. Um, And that's how we got to Paris. And then my mom was really interested in seeing which schools we'd go to because she knew that we'll still have to come back to Nigeria Mm -hmm. and do our SS and YEC and Mm -hmm. all that. So we couldn't necessarily enter into a French school because Mm -hmm. that would completely change the whole curriculum. Mm-hmm. So my mom was looking for schools. So we tried different schools, the International School of Paris, the American School of Paris, which was like when we got there, we spent a few days and told my mom never. Mm-hmm. The standard was too. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally got to the British school mm-hmm. and that worked well with, of course, the British system. And then the British school put us a class lower because mm-hmm. they thought we were not smart enough. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started understanding being at the British school was the first time I was confronted with understanding there was another race mm-hmm. and that you could be made fun of for mm-hmm. just having bigger lips. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So
1: that's when you realize that even at a young age, how certain
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, people have been trained to think and to look at the other. Mm-hmm. And I was then 11 mm-hmm. and being confronted that I had big lips was uh, the first time I looked at myself in the mirror and realized that, uh, yeah, I do have big lips <laughs> and it was, uh, and for some people it was a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so funny how you recognize something just simply because it has been, it's, it's been made an issue, not yes. necessarily because,
1: because of anything
0: else, no, yeah. the knowledge, the knowledge of it is the fact that it's been made in knowledge.
1: And Yeah, it, because for me, it wasn't, you know, you're used to yourself. You're born with yeah. it. You're, you wake up and it's like, this is normal. You see people with different kinds of lips. And it's not an issue because mm-hmm. we're all meant to have differences Mm -hmm. and that's okay but when people start at that point in time laughing she's got big lips look at that oh my god where did you get those lips they're like so you know like really Mm -hmm. making Mm -hmm. an issue and I'm like turn around I'm like yeah and you have such skinny tiny lips what do you do with that (laughs) (laughs) you know that's when I learned how to be like have a razor tongue mouth Mm -hmm. and like to realize that it either breaks you or it makes you like Oh, yeah, I do have it. so are you you jealous, right? you're mm-hmm, jealous? Mm-hmm. so how do you turn a situation mm-hmm. so that the other person that feels that he has the power to do that to you
0: mm-hmm. doesn't have yeah, it doesn't come in doesn't, doesn't it and yeah. that
1: means it doesn't enter your brain mm-hmm. It's not part because you, you it's normal. I have lips. What can I do about it? Am I going to cut it down for you? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And yours is so thin. Do something about it, girl. you know and so it was the place where I learned how to also have like uh
0: Uh, We come back again to the poem, yeah, the resilience, the resilience, or the kind of like, you know, I I really, you know, like that part in the poem where you you made that play of word where you ask the question like twice, Mm. but in this reverse way, yeah. Will you
1: be able to resist the crushing, the tearing, the bending, and the breaking? Could you be easily broken into powder by the cutting and hammering? Would you be pounded into thin sheets like brass or copper? Will you be bent to not return?
0: Yeah. And then, secondly, I think there's another line, right? Then,
1: to the original form where stress is released, would you be bent like a string only to return to the original form when stress is released?
0: Yeah. So, that part for me is powerful where you, first of all, proposed Mm. this um, will you be bent Bent. and then only to return? Yes. To the, so the first one is the resilience is yes. the how do you move forward? The second one is how do you come keep back returning? Again. Yeah. How do you keep returning to the same story mm. all the time again? Mm. After even being bent. Bent, yeah. How do you come back to the to standing? Yeah, to standing yeah, again. Yeah, to yeah. standing again. Yeah. yeah. Let's even, you know, move forward mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. with art. Mm-hmm. And as we talk, you know, I feel like the things that you say, we sort of somehow find them as the things that make up your your work, mm. or the things that you address mm. or you touch on mm. with your work, um, and it's as if you've already laid down your process of translation from experience to um, an artistic language process, or language, language yeah. or material mm. or precipitate. Mm. You use a specific um, expression. Let's say being by yourself.
1: Yes. Or, that's what you said
0: before.
1: Being in yeah, you yeah, said yeah, the words.
0: Something but. like that. But I thought I thought that was very, very powerful. So I want to ask if really that is always happening, the palpitation, for example. Is mm. it always happening for every feeling that you have to make art?
1: It has um, to. It has to palpitate. If it doesn't palpitate, then it's not worth doing. It has to make something that I feel pressure, Mm -hmm. that I feel a a certain kind of tension, that I'm excited, that it has to create something that makes me move. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, if it's like a happy feeling or like (gasps) scared Mm -hmm. or because just doing something like lukewarm or just I did it just because eh, no, 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 it doesn't work. Because to be able to give the energy or to to transmit the kind of energy or the intention or the power of what it should be on this planet, Mm -hmm. it has to have a feeling. It has to have an emotion. It has Mm -hmm. to have something you're fighting for. It has to to have something that makes it that it should be an energy in this world. Mm -hmm. Then what's the use? Then don't do it. Mm -hmm. Then don't bother with it. Then do other things. It should also, it should be like a ripple. It should be like, if I felt this, I want someone else to feel it. Mm -hmm. And I think I can go back to that thing of Mm -hmm. that thing of the books or the pesters or whatever you're reading that you feel, you know, like you read something and you cry with it. And then when you cry with it, you kind of, you've created an an experience with that material, with that story. Mm -hmm. You've created something that your body physically, your spirit, your emotions connects to. Mm-hmm. And when you connect to that, you're feeling like, OK, I know it. I I know what it feels that person, what that person could feel or what that moment could be. And once you start translating it into form, you've already created a memory mm-hmm. with a third party or an element mm-hmm. that you can shift and share it with someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for that person to even write that book, mm-hmm. he must have known what it the feeling of a kiss mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or And to feel that, even if you've kissed, I don't know, uh, a wall or mm-hmm. something, you know that mm-hmm. feeling, you know that mm-hmm. your lips have to move mm-hmm. in a certain way.
0: Uh, and, does, and does everything you create, must it always have this tangible aspect to it with regards to feeling like you have to feel it? Feel it.
1: They're coming from many places. They're not just one place. They're, I have to understand it in relation to the human Mm-hmm. To the, the homo sapien. I mm-hmm. have to understand it in relation to that. I have to understand it in relation to to the fluids, to a feeling. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't stand alone. The plastic does not just... It's not just there. It's mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm it's connected to hand that made it or Mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. a material It's Mm -hmm. connected to many things. And someone wanted to make this, and there was a certain kind of functionality, but there was a certain kind of emotion that went with that.
0: It's so interesting because you see this, what you just said now, this duality Mm -hmm. is like a a running thread across Mm -hmm. your work. I see everything that I have so far. Chinua Achebe will say, I mean, Mm -hmm. in his book, he Mm -hmm. said, but it's the Mm Igbos who say where something stands, Another thing stands that. besides yes. it. Mm. But in your conversation that was transcribed in one of in your, in your book, mm. you said what we are making in one space empties another. Definitely. So is this like always at the, at the foundation of everything you do? Because I think that your work has all these layers mm. and it's constantly looking to make relations mm. Or to understand Mm -hmm. human relations. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: You know, we started this conversation of just thinking of the tension or the stretch, (laughs) giving birth and then coming back into form again. Mm -hmm. As we grow older, the time that comes where you have to give something you know, even if it's like you become pregnant or you, you make love and, and then a child is growing, something is growing, but mm-hmm. you've given something out for that to mm-hmm. even exist. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. It's like you've exposed something out of the body
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it's connected with something else. Mm-hmm. And that something else makes it possible for a being to come alive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we know that as that is happening, even your time span of your life that there's something we're decaying slowly. So you're giving a new life to something. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, as you're slowly, your hair gets wider, your Mm -hmm. body, you know, the energy is different, but you're giving an energy off to someone else. Mm -hmm. So we can't think of just me being on this planet on it, being here without thinking of those kinds of emptying out of my mother, from Mm -hmm. my mother, the kind of energy that she has put into me to make Mm -hmm. me what I am, which has also emptied something out of Mm -hmm. her,
3: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: I can't see the difference of that Mm -hmm. because you see the parents get tired more, they Mm -hmm. they don't have time for themselves and Mm -hmm. it's all around you and that is giving so much Mm -hmm. and and that's just coming from one aspect of like looking at it and then if you look at, for example, in relation to many things that we have, our clothes, everything, everything that is here. Here is a thing that has been transformed, taken out, put into here. But that doesn't mean that it balances out constantly. It Mm -hmm. balances out because nothing, everything is, is, it's just shifting states, but it's balancing the weight of one thing into another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, the the kinds of works that are the ways of thinking about it was to like works like in pursuit of blink mm-hmm. we we look at and i think that was something i was thinking of like how a specific spaces how do they get their own kind of like glory shine mm-hmm. where people are looking up to because they have emptied out something from somewhere else mm-hmm. to be able to create that yeah. they've taken out the best of a world mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to adorn mm-hmm. on their own structures mm-hmm. so if we think of gold on domes mm-hmm. or we think of materials or like ornaments a lot of times we realize that they're not necessarily from that place but mm-hmm. they come in to be able to even add onto the um, luster of a place mm-hmm. or to the quality of a place mm-hmm. because you know what that value is within that other space mm-hmm. and so I think works that I'm, or the way of working is to understand how do we think of added value
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: and, and how you, you can have a material and it could be nice. But then once it's transformed and shifted, taken out, da, 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 then you realize that we're in a world where it's constantly thinking of ways of creating added values to mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. And even when we realize and if we think of colonization and we think of places that were completely stripped out mm-hmm. of. Things that belong to that specific place. Mm-hmm. We then realize, like even in um, the museums that I hear that then it comes in as an added value to that culture. So mm-hmm. no matter what, the emptying out, mm-hmm. the taking out of a place, we would kill the idea of the value in your head mm-hmm. to make you understand that, oh, this thing that you have is not great.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But
1: then if it wasn't great, why didn't you just burn it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you just like leave it there to rot and decay. Why were every, why was everything Mm -hmm. taken out of a space to then add values to the museums, Mm -hmm. add value to the certain Mm -hmm. culture, add,
0: add, add, add. In a way, is your work touching on the emptiness that points into that emptiness that happens when something is taken away and taken elsewhere and say, we have to look at this emptiness as something. Yes. It is not an emptiness. It's not a void. It's not a, the value of that is where, again, according to you, you say it protrudes.
1: protrudes elsewhere, but that doesn't mean that what is a whole within that space cannot be thought through to be able to redesign something. It's, you know, we're talking about the springing back. You know, mm-hmm. I you you stress something, mm-hmm. you break it, you crack it, you mm-hmm. you you empty da da da. But that doesn't mean that that empty hole cannot contain something that is of value. Mm-hmm. So how do we add value to the holes mm-hmm. or to the places that are excavated and taken out?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But that is the part that is a bit complex because we're talking earlier on about the mental states of things, mm-hmm. what it's made for you to believe. To look at, you know, like someone saying, Your lips are big, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're so ugly, and da-da-da. And if I take it, like that person says it's ugly, and and every day they keep singing the song, yeah, your lips are big and mm-hmm. they're ugly, mm-hmm. da, da. and I accept it and start thinking mm-hmm. that my lips are big and mm-hmm. they're ugly, mm-hmm. and then I would have to do something about it, mm-hmm. or maybe that's how it is, then that's the way I will look at life. Mm-hmm. But if I stop it at that point in time, it's like, yes, my lips are big. They're not ugly, but they're big. And actually they're big, maybe for me to say more things and to like, oh yeah, they're big. That means I can have power and like the bigger it is, the more I can even scream and shout louder. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can shift that into something that is more positive for me. Mm -hmm. But if we constantly think of our society As something that has been broken and we proclaim it constantly because with words and and for me, I believe that words have power. Mm -hmm. And so we've been singing for years that, oh, we're, we don't have this. We don't have that. We need that. So the more you're saying it, the more you're creating energy Mm -hmm. that is on a negative sphere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we shift that language and try to think of it in a different way, like, okay, yes, we don't have this, but within this, we have that. We start seeing the values and adding values to that. Mm -hmm. That means we're not going to sell our lands to, and our resources to just anybody that comes at a cheap price, Mm -hmm. but to say, okay, you want this? Yes, we can still do business, but how do we do it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because then my kids have to, grow from that you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. so it's a different way of like negotiating it's a ment for me I, I call it a mentality or mental state mm-hmm. of like understanding power or the values that we can add to things mm-hmm. Um, but once we do not understand that, and once we do not fight, we can't find ways of negotiating that, then the holes will become even bigger holes. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
1: And we don't find ways of like getting out of it because mm-hmm. then we believe that it's the other. Since they knew how to take it out, they'll know how to repair it. But they're not interested in, re- yeah, <laughs> interested they, in taking it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I've been thinking your work is highly critical of exploitation, excavation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all the mechanisms mm-hmm. involved in, in that process. Mm-hmm. You use the term we yes. a lot. Yes. So in what way do you use the we? And where do you make, a, is there a delineating line somewhere? Is there a place where you flesh out the we so that we know exactly what is operating within that we, that mm-hmm. it's not a kumbaya world? Mm-hmm. That within that we, that certain people have to recognize their responsibilities and be accountable, mm-hmm. even though we are talking about a world that we all share. Yes. And so I was trying to find out if it's a, a like a codified we, if it is a way of saying this we is from a place of empowerment. Yes, it's it's we as, as opposed to a we No, that, it's not that, that, that takes everybody in. No, it's
1: not a we that takes everybody in. The we is a place where it's like connecting with even though there are different kinds of struggles, mm-hmm. but it's still connecting with places mm-hmm. and people that are going through that and have no other choices than the locality that they are in of what it's given to them mm-hmm. and what has happened to
0: them. Let, let me, let me think about, let me look, think about this. We also in this, another, a different way it's, now, again, um, in your work, you, uh, but
1: I don't notice that I say we, but I, I say, <laughs> I, I must say we, because I also think of myself in multiples.
0: Yeah, I yeah. don't think of myself as just, so we can also be me. Is it a function of that duality again, where one thing stands, something else stands beside? That's one. But also, secondly, your work is constantly in that in-between space. Even mm. your thinking, for example, as, you know, um, a very good example is when you were describing your, your drawing mm. at, at the Cadiz exhibition. Yeah. And how the left side of the drawing happened with specific, you know, thought that you had. Mm. But then as you were developing it, it started moving that what was happening in your head is... You're thinking at that point where desire and want becomes mm. obsession, greed.
1: Yeah. And, obsession. and that is that fine line between yes.
0: the dichotomies that we create. Yes.
1: Mm.
0: Oftentimes we prefer to stay at the in the margins of the dichotomies we create. It's like good, bad, yes. and, but you are constantly in that middle. Yes. So it's, it's, it's like that we, does it, is that, is that where it's operating?
1: Well, because I, I will talk about, let's say, the certain kinds of notion of what ethics are mm-hmm. and what, for example, with my, my mom, when she would, we, or with Christianity and all these other things that have come into play. And when you start questioning all that and wondering, like, okay, You're in a place where um, like in Nigeria or where everybody's like a Christian or Muslim and Mm -hmm. uh, you have to be Christian, you have to be this. And then I'm like, yeah, but isn't it the same religion that kind of like kind of said that our sculptures, our own religion is Mm -hmm. crappy and it's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. evil. And Mm -hmm. so you're 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 for me, it's going in the place of that. The work is going in the place of that emotional Trying to find the balance, the emotional state of like, I do understand Christianity and I understand what it does. And I know that I have to pray to God at the same time. But at the same time, I might also want to like think about what happened to praying to Shongo or like Mm -hmm. or like to Oya or like to all the different gods that we have Mm -hmm. or to the tree or to the soil. So I'm always in a place of dilemma of like, where should I place what? Mm -hmm. Because each one has its own authority on this planet. There's Mm -hmm. not one that is wrong over the other. It's just that one takes over the other. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's trying to understand that middle we place where the we is a body of many things. The we, I cannot just criticize also the institutional powers that are into a place like, you know, when we think of whiteness coming into and that's destroyed, but also at the same time, within that it's given something else that is functioning within a certain place. And at the same time is making other things dysfunction, but also it's making other things evolve in a different way. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you're like looking at it, how, how, it's really, it's bad. But at the same time, you see that within that badness, something else came out, mm-hmm. which has la- allowed another thing to grow mm-hmm. and allowed another certain form of resistance. Mm-hmm. So how the, the, the thing that I, makes it difficult is that you understand the powers that are playing within
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the we in between that is the place of trying to find the balance which will not fall right let's say mm-hmm. in spaces of blackness mm-hmm. or in spaces of whiteness mm-hmm. It's very, complex.
0: It's, it's very complex. It's very it's, complex. It's very complex. It's like Chino Achebe's uh, middle ground. Yes, it's very complex. It talks about this middle ground where, where it's a messy workshop.
1: It's a very messy workshop. Coming from, this, coming from Nigeria, coming from the continent, you know what we are going through. We mm-hmm. see what, how many things have devastated the ways that we were disrupted, fractured. We mm-hmm. were, you know, completely... We couldn't grow at the pace that we could have grown right? Mm -hmm. with millions of people being taken out of the continent, with disrupting the economy, disrupting our industries. And then we also see that at the same time, in other worlds, that that disruptiveness have brought in an economical gain. But at the same time, we also see that with that disruptiveness, we have the possibility and the capacity to be able to rewrite or to be able to write another way of working Mm -hmm. and another way of doing. Mm -hmm. So for me, my interest is more or less like, where do we start having that Mm -hmm. spring back? Yeah, that spring back. That spring back. You know, that's for
0: me the point of interest. You yourself, you've gone through many experiences Mm -hmm. of life, Mm -hmm. like... You know, you know how, how we say, what doesn't kill you, make you make stronger. stronger. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. You know,
0: it feels like that's your story really, mm. where all of these things you've processed it into being this, you know, very malleable, mm. you know, elastic, mm. able to spring back. Mm. And what you're proposing is that we have all of that in us, that we have that aspect mm. of us that can spring back or that should be allowed to operate that way. Mm. I don't know
1: if. Or to be allowed. I don't know if it's to be allowed. I think we have to find other ways of like doing... We, we, we give... We show too much. We gave too much. We, we have to be more obscure. I think so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> obscure mm-hmm. in the sense of like... The, o- we, we opacity? Know what to, opacity? Yeah, something much more... One thing I understood when I was doing a, a, quite a number of research of understanding like how, you know, the mapping of a place what it did in relation to ours, the, the things that were so sacred to us that became a world given to the other mm-hmm. somehow. Prodding of a landscape, understanding what the minerals, everything that is in there. Um, and when you have the knowledge of that, you can then use it in any way you want. Mm-hmm. We didn't just open our lands to people. We allowed them to prod it. We allow them to have knowledge of it in its deepest sense. So even our deepest secrets. And that's why I believe also in a sense of like, there's some things you just don't say. There are many layers in the work that I wouldn't even talk about. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. But it is coded for some people to read and for some people not to read. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that are meant to be opaque, Mm -hmm. really opaque Mm -hmm. um, and not transparent at all. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to read it and from de- certain destinations and certain areas, the we will understand it.
0: Yeah, yes. I like the way you put it in that the we, we will, understand will understand it.
1: So, and I believe in that because I, I'm, um, I think that the ways that we have given up in relation to our own religion, the secrets mm-hmm. of our great grandfathers, of mm-hmm. our ancestors, mm-hmm that were given out mm-hmm. and then was used to be able to turn it around and to say that they're primitive or mm-hmm. they are the, this evil. Like, you know, it was used as a way of also creating an evil sense of what we are, of mm-hmm. evil sense of blackness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And meanwhile, it was something that was very much more sacred mm-hmm. to the ground, to the trees, respectful mm-hmm. to the landscape, to the all that. And that has been used for indigenous people, for all kinds of people as a way of rewriting and shifting the way of looking at the others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this was because you were generous. Mm -hmm. We opened.
0: We opened. We opened. Yeah.
1: We opened. We gave. There's a time to share and there's a time not to share certain things and a time to build.
0: In relation to the exposure and the acceptability of your ideas and your work, Mm. it's been widely accepted. Mm-hmm. shown in many places mm-hmm. given you've had many platforms to mm-hmm. perform and to bring your ideas mm-hmm. to, to the audience a lot of them in the west mm-hmm. many of the strong institutions mm-hmm. some of them we've talked about even here now yeah some of them going all the way back, where they were also very instrumental in mm-hmm. that pileaging and mm-hmm. excavating mm-hmm. that happened in the past mm-hmm. and continues to happen yeah. how do you deal with the tension that comes from knowing that you have to show your work in these places, mm-hmm. and that the the audience who will immediately take the front row mm-hmm. in those Id, in those ideas on that we that you mm-hmm. are talking about mm-hmm. will still be from these from places the places,
1: yeah mm-hmm. I think the ways of dealing with it is that there are different stages of like making. Um, work different times and different types of works that have been made yes there have been in institutions where a lot of times work also quite questionable but I think the kinds of works that have been made are also opening up to talk about these issues of like what are you taking out of somewhere and what are you putting that this institution was not just built on what you think it is, that Mm -hmm. it has an history, you know, you can think of um, Barclays Bank was not just Barclays Bank, or this was not just this. And to be able to have that kind of legacies that you've taken out from somewhere else for Mm -hmm. this to even have a shine, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But at the same time, I think with the work, there are also other ways of like thinking, I mean, um, of making that can allow for, the work to have another life somewhere else. It's been a slow build up of thinking, how can you negotiate or navigate within these multiple places? How do you, um, even though the work is accepted, what you don't necessarily know what is definitely accepted Mm -hmm. because the work also has that critical space, but it has a place to also touch emotionally, to also question certain structures that are in place um, that I'm even I might retrieve I don't know I never understand how works question but they do <laughs> I have to think about it because <laughs> there's sometimes we're using art that are so funny yeah, exactly. so I'm like laughing at myself because I'm just like questions like question what's yeah. question but the institution still goes ahead and does this whatever it needs yeah, to do you yeah, know yeah. but I, I feel that more and more we're in a place where or with the work to be able to create something that can actually um shift its um way of being into another spot like mm-hmm. going you know like the work after flow is really meant in a way, to go mm-hmm. back to yeah, Nigeria and exactly. other places. Exactly. Um, that it's not meant to be definable. It's meant to be as it can be a business, as it mm-hmm. can be a mm-hmm. school, as it can be anything. Mm-hmm. I, and at this point in time, it's like I don't really care what, it's mm-hmm. meant to be called, mm-hmm. but it can be any, it can be a fellowship, it can be a residency in school, it can be uh, working with, I don't know. It can, it's wherever it meets and how it can carve itself with mm-hmm, that. It mm-hmm. should do it. Mm-hmm. And then there's some things that are not meant to even enter into the art world. So it's a work that can actually have many facets and many um, um, sides to it. And you see what you want to see. So if you want to see it's a soap project, you can see it that way. It's fine with me. I don't care at this point in time. It's like, It doesn't really matter what people see in it. Mm -hmm. So some people can see the complexity of the work and some people see it like, oh, like it's soap and and enjoy the soap. And some people see like, oh, it's this and that. It's fine. It's it's it gets to a point that it's not really necessary to be able to say with with this work that I want to define it or try to like make it fit into anything and if it doesn't fit into here to fit into somewhere Mm -hmm, else mm -hmm. and it will fit with different people Mm -hmm. in different places Mm -hmm. so some things at the end of the day when the work is happening in a place it doesn't need to be visible it it can be obscure and Mm -hmm. that's the part I'm interested in with Mm -hmm, the work mm -hmm. I'm interested in that it can it has to be opaque for some places Mm -hmm. it shouldn't it shouldn't have that visibility. Like with some of my other works and things like that, the visibility is important to be able to make it opaque, mm-hmm. simple and short. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't <laughs> see visibility of like being in institutions that have a certain history or anything. I'm like, yes, give me your money
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I will mm-hmm. use your money for to something articulate, else.
0: To articulate. And I, first of all, yes. that's that, that idea, that thought, because for me, I'm just thinking now that between 2013 and 16, mm-hmm you know, the works you created somehow were sort of like articulated in, the, in this book mm-hmm. that, yes. we, that we yes. have here now. Yes.
1: And well, then Stern from Locker.
0: then on, calf to flow began somehow, yeah. 2017. Right? Yeah, yes. Began. Yes. And calf to flow is having this more like open-ended in and out of the art world yes. way of looking. So it's like you're going there already saying, look, this has to now flow out of that place mm-hmm. and go and take on different forms. Yes. Can you talk about calf to flow a little bit?
1: In 2001, I think that was very important. When I left, I was finishing from Beaux-Arts in Paris, and that's when I did the first solo exhibition in Houston at Project Row Houses with Mm -hmm. Rick Law, right? And I remember when I went to Project Row Houses and I met Rick Lowe and at that point in time, he was at Harvard working with Rem Kool House and trying to trying to build the Rice House. Mm-hmm. So they had this row houses that were there from the 30s and which was linked with a certain kind of history, which was history of black violence. And that was like, wow. And he was telling me, yeah, because a lot of these houses were a lot where the workers would come back and the frustration that they got from working in the fields and other places, they would come back and take it out on their wives and on their kids and, there was, and then they would drink and you know. And so these row houses were known as something that was negative connotation. But what did Rick do? He bought all these row houses and found people that put money into it. He made them as art spaces, spaces for women, that single mothers, educational structures in third ward in Houston. And these houses were not equipped to go with the kind of new technologies, which was very rudimentary, you know, the porch. The, the, and so he started thinking of how can I build a structure that will incorporate the modern day life and allow for still keep the identity and the essence of these houses, but build something that mm-hmm. goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was an eye opener. And that was in 2001 to wow. see that there's something that this is someone because he told me i did paintings i was in this neighborhood that you know like who would think of black neighborhoods whatever so there was like the drug seller, all the, the stereotypes so mm-hmm. he was making drawings at the beginning that mm-hmm. was talking about his neighborhood then he would sell it in in galleries that were bought by white owners and they were like oh my god you know it's so great that you're oh you're from this neighborhood oh my god and then you continue talking about the violence of that neighborhood because that's what is people buy, mm-hmm. and he was like, "But I want to talk about the great guy that I played domino with. Yeah. I want to talk yeah. about this, and I can't." I'm, I'm the, so yeah, he because
0: got, you're stuck in the narrative, you're stuck in that
1: narrative, and that one suffers. Yes. So that narrative you put aside and you put the narrative that seems to be like, that is what will sell. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about this and he was like, Anna, I got so tired because I'll come back to my neighborhood and I'll see that nothing changes. Nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. And so he started thinking, like, I have to do something that changes my neighborhood. And that's when he created this, you know, the, the work with the Project Row Houses. Mm-hmm. And like, if there are women that are single mothers, let's do something about it. If they're, you know... And so he started doing that. So for me, it was very interesting to understand, um, a guy that would think about how he can shift the narrative of, and so now people are coming and like, oh my God, it's a man now they even want to gentrify. And he had to fight against that, mm-hmm. that, oh my God, it's so nice here. You know, it's a different kind of feeling mm-hmm. instead of coming to say, oh my God, it's so violent here or mm-hmm. like they drugs or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And so, For me, it was very interesting to have to think about, and that's something that has stayed in my mind Mm -hmm. since 2001. Mm -hmm. But to be able to get to a point where you can do something that kind of maybe shift, you need time and also a certain kind of maturity and understanding of the world and understanding of how structures work, understanding of many things to be able to start knowing where is my position, because I'm not interested in copying what. Rick Lowe did. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested. Oh, he did this. So I'm going to make that mm-hmm. like a franchise of that <laughs> or like, you know, you're going to like take that <laughs> thing and as. that. But if you want to do it, how do you work that it can extend in multiple places because you belong to multiple places mm-hmm. and how do you create a structure that allows for something to exist? Mm-hmm. So I think that has been something that has been growing with me over time and, and keeping that as my carrot. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God, I really Mm -hmm. I'd love to have to do something in Nigeria with people. Mm -hmm. I'd love, you know, you have these dreams. I'd love to do something with people that I've met along the way, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know. Cafe to flow came from that thing of I do not know. Mm -hmm. And since I do not know, and I'm growing older and I don't know how how Europe is at this point. There are many things you know like in 2016 we've seen what happened when there was the ban of certain people entering into the states when europe is shifting it's kind of like
3: mm-hmm.
1: um it's uh it's way of looking at migration and mm-hmm. of people and mm-hmm. you're like here and you know that you are not he- you're not part of it and yeah. you are part of it you know
0: so it means that at any time you, know, Anytime, you could be anywhere and then you can't even take a can, flight in back
1: yeah you never know that the situation seems kind of like mm. so you're thinking like okay. At one point in time, how do you what is important to you? What mm-hmm. is the dream that you've been having, but you've been kind of putting it away? Mm-hmm. And so carved flow came from that mm-hmm. of like thinking, okay, I would like to do something. But the thing is, if I have to go through the structures, I put down a list of things like a lot of structures, you have to get money from Ford Foundation, get money from this, get money from that, get money. So I'm like, oh, and then you have to write a report. Nah, 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 nah. I don't want to do that. How do I do it? Cross out. So you're making a list of things that you're like, this has been the structures that have been in place. Mm-hmm. So how can I find a way that I can create another in, structure yeah. and that I can be only accountable to my dream, the thing that you've desired for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And that thing is the only thing that keeps you going, mm-hmm. you know, because all the others are dreams of other people you'll fulfill because mm-hmm. you can't, you can, you, you get money from other institutions, but they have their own dreams. And then you're like, and so you have to fit into their dream. Mm-hmm. So you, I'm just thinking, well, I don't want to. I, I would like to be able to wake up and say, OK, this is what I want to do. This is person I want to work with mm-hmm. without having to tell someone else. And that's why I talk about opacity mm-hmm. and I talk about where you can keep information mm-hmm. to yourself, mm-hmm. um, where mm-hmm. you can decide what you because you, you're you not paid by someone else. Yeah. The, the structure itself of calf flow feeds its own. It, you know, the, if people buy the soap, mm-hmm. the, the money can enter into this foundation. Can mm-hmm. do this, can do that. You're not account. You're accountable to what your, the dreams that you have, the and where, that you have, yeah, and where you want it to go. And you can bring people and work with people, and and they enter that dream with you and continue on a journey where it's meant to go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, that was very crucial to be able to think about a work that allows for. Um, it to have its life
2: mm-hmm.
1: and can hide when it needs to, can be open, can, can murph. Mm-hmm. You, you should MIRF because mm-hmm. yeah, it should be like a little virus that mm-hmm. can evolve mm-hmm. in, in many ways. And, um,
0: and most importantly, this aspect that you should have, you know, the liberty to just do it and do it the way for it to follow. For, like, you, know, yes. you have to flow. Yes. It has to flow on its own way. On its own way. You know, it's interesting when you say flow because much of what is happening in the world today is basically the capital trying to control Control the flow flow. of things. So you are saying I'm carving. You have to carve. It it. has to. And that's where Mm. the opacity comes in. Mm. For it to flow differently, a lot of people don't need to know That people don't need to know where it's flowing, how it's flowing, or the mechanism, because they're going to control it.
1: Yes. And the things that I do not know totally where it's flowing either, because it's with um, encounters, Mm -hmm. it's with people you meet along the line, it's with possibilities, it's with, um, you know, and then you, you meet a lot of like walls that you have to, or like rocks that you have to. Break down at the side, so that means you have to work with loopholes, you have to work with um institutions you have to work with lawyers you have mm-hmm. to work with you're working with so many people to be able to understand okay what steps do I need to take to be able to move this here, mm-hmm. there there and 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 still, that doesn't still mean that you don't you cannot get money from elsewhere mm-hmm. you cannot work with other yeah, institutions exactly. but what it means is that there should be money to keep it alive,
0: yes. And by that, you change the terms of exchange. Yes. You change the way terms of negotiation. Because if you find this other way of working, then it becomes a system yes. on its own. And when the money comes now. It controls the yeah. way it's, it has to be. Yeah. Yes. It's not working it the other way yes. around. It is working, working for that way. Exactly. Can we talk about um, the, um, Will I say the artistic mm-hmm. Part of Curve to Flow. I mean, everything where the world is. began. I know. <laughs> it's lack of better words. Yeah, I, know. I, just, I put it in there. Because it has but that But maybe I, it was deliberate also because yeah. I, I really want to make a, a break with the art and everything else it could be. Which I know is also art, but. My mom told me that
1: everything is art. <laughs> That's what my mom said when I was 15. She was like, you know what? I wanted to do architecture. And she was like, hey, girl, you know what? She said to me, what? You want to do architecture? I said, yes, because my mind need to be able to live my life. I don't see any artist that is making anything. Mm-hmm. That, is, that was in Nigeria. My mom said, you know what? You just have to do what you want to do. First, be passionate about it. And then she said, I see I've dreamt of you in colors. That's what my mom said. I had a dream and my dream I had of you was in colors. And she said, you can do anything in art. You can do science, everything in art. So if you want to do architecture you can do it in art you will be more freer in art than doing an architect I can't see you being an architect because it's so rigid <laughs> So once my mother said that I went to Ife <laughs> went to Ife because at first I wanted to go to Ife to study architecture mm-hmm. and then my mom was I went to Ife and studied art beautiful but then i would follow classes in architecture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i would follow uh, agbo Folari, mm-hmm. walk around and look at the yoruba um, brazilian yoruba architectures mm-hmm. um learn about you know the histories of making um, mod houses and and that was art I was already doing it then mm-hmm. like you know um and follow architectural classes and follow other religious theater I followed in it mm-hmm. I just went to class different kinds of classes mm-hmm. because then my mom had liberated my way of thinking mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. art is only maybe a painting or drawing or anything but she said art is everything mm-hmm. it's it's it englobes it just swallows everything mm-hmm. so since that and that was at the age of 15 mm-hmm. so since that I knew that there was no. So when someone says, "I'm," well, you should choose, because I remember in the Bosa, when I got, they refused to give me my diploma, and they said I had to make a choice, and the choice was either I choose to do art that was from Europe, European way of life, was making art, or I go back to my country and and do art the way we do it. And I said to them, "I'm sorry, it's not for you to define what art is. Art is." It's meant to evolve, it's meant to em- envelope many things. Mm-hmm. And for me it was really a shocking thing to hear from a jury that tells you what art that you know, to limit it to that restricted mm-hmm. way of seeing. It. And then I asked, do you know do you know writers from my, do you know this? They're like, we don't know. So I said, why I know your writers. I can talk about Hegel. I can talk about yeah. Kant. Mm-hmm. I can talk about Aristotle mm-hmm. or Deleuze or Guattari. Who do you know from my continent? Do you mm-hmm. know anybody? No, you don't. So how can you only define that art should be from when we have our own philosophies of like looking at things from a different perspective? So if I merge different kinds of philosophies and different ways of like looking maybe you're not yet in that position to understand the merge of worlds and understanding. So you cannot tell me what my work should be.
0: Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. By the way, in the way of collaborating and working,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'll tell you something interesting. I grew up in a soap factory.
2: Mm.
0: My dad was making soap. All through. So I, in fact, our house is a factory. So you have this big mold where soap is melted. Mm -hmm. From soap to cream, from cream to candles. Yeah. And then what's interesting is that at some point, because he wanted to have specific specific molds and machines, he started building them. So he will make his own machines. Mm -hmm. And today my dad lives in Uyo. Oh, seriously? Yes. I have to meet your dad. Yes. He knows oh everything about soap. Everything about soap. Everything about cosmetics and he knows how to make the machines to make them. Seriously?
1: How is your dad now?
0: He's sixty-six.
1: And he's in your way in York. You? do you know what part of your your city or your yes, town itself? Your town itself.
0: Aye. As we speak. Seriously? Yeah. Yes.
1: Oh my God. Okay, then we have so
0: to everything have to... you need for is in New York. Is in New York.
1: <laughs> I know. <that>. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm super interested. Yeah. yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, he would. You will have. You have conversation with him. Whatever you want to, you know, experimenting. Yeah. There are some things that you can. you know, Yeah, there's bring. some things there's I some want things to. things you want to do, yes. but he will know the, the basic and, uh, you know, how to go about. What all kind of, of
1: process things. was it? A hot process or cold process? He hot. Hot process. Hot, oh, okay. yeah. yeah, I remember
0: yeah. like huge. huge. Like industrial, like wow. industrial. Yeah. What,
1: and what kind of soap was it? Do you know? Like-
0: it was the, you know, the soap for the um, for bathing, but, bathing, bathing soap, soap the washing soap. Okay. And, and then we had all the cutters as well. So, like, I, I was part of that as well. well. What I happened like, to you
1: know, all the machineries?
0: Um, went away because he stopped making the soaps and then he, he transitioned to, to candles. And then he made candles for a long time and then stopped candles. Now, now he's making the machines. Now that's what he does. He makes, he makes welding machines, he makes different kinds of machines for people, oh, yeah. uh, grating machines, um, machines for, 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 for press uh, cassava for gari, ah, all of those and things. And for oils and... Yeah, for and oils, yeah, he makes those things for, you know, okay, and then think, he builds uh, the motor for them, he does he makes the belt and all that, he does many, many...
1: Wow, things. okay, uh, well, okay, I have to meet your father.
0: <laughs> yeah, well... It's been a very wonderful that's conversation. It's, it's yes. Been... And um, thank you very much no, for your time. time. I, I really enjoyed it. I hope you did as well. I,
1: I really, I really, really, I really, really did. I mean, it's been a long time that I haven't talked about these things like, you know, quite deeply. So, yeah, it's kind of going down memory lane. Ah, uh, That's nice. Yeah. In a good way.
0: Yeah. 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 So, so as a way of wrapping up now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: will it be... Right to say that your idea of the future, coming back to the poem, mm-hmm. is to look at this other things, you know, that has been not been looked at. The other things that could be um valued as a way of moving forward, is not focusing so much on what is there. Let us look at all the spaces that's been created by the absence.
1: A way of looking at it is, could be a way of looking at the absences. I think we will look more and more, and even here in the West, we will look more and more at the absences because the weather, the climate will force us to. Mm-hmm. It's not us because we think that everything is eternal, but the way things are going, like when you realize that in a place that could produce olive oil, cannot anymore, or in a place that you could make uh, champagne, The Mm -hmm. climate has changed, your trees, then you have maybe other things that are, you know, wine, other things that are coming in affecting the trees. And the technology is not fast enough to like, then you would have to look at, because that is a way of thinking of absences. Mm -hmm. That once things cannot be regenerated at the speed, at the rate, then what do you do? How do you rethink where you are? How do you start looking at things that are losing their economical values because they can't be I think that is a way of like looking and thinking when we'll have more rain in places that normally should not have rain that mm-hmm. much or when it will be extremely cold when for a longer period or too much heat. Or da, the da, Amazon burning. Yeah, many or the Amazon burning or yes. I mean then but the problem is also to see that there are also institutions and also structures that are thinking of that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like as commons, how are we thinking? Then we have like as um, big institutions, big, big uh, companies. and How and, to
0: capitalize on that, how to make extra capital from that. Yeah, because, all, yeah,
1: because they, everyone is thinking of how to extract capital in yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. But some people have the funds and have the money to be able to
0: extract
1: even faster and mm-hmm. and have the ways of like... Having and coops
0: and co op spaces exactly that are doing it doing, for yes. the betterment of the world. Yes. they co op them like money. and
1: then they make themselves greener, make themselves look better. So it's like even we as beings, do we how much do we want to put into that, mm-hmm. um, and how can we find ways in which we can do things, but we don't have to? I think that we we're, a lot of the spaces or structures that are trying to do things that shift. It's a very dual thing, and that's why I talk about the the sword that has these two edges, because you want people to know about how to take care of this and that. So you go put social media, but at the same time, you have corporations that are going down through that and looking and sifting through and taking and will take those ideas. So you're trying to reach a community but you also have another one that is going, in that you feel that there is no place of, it's very hard. It's either you, you, you kind of keep it within a group of people mm-hmm. that it doesn't go out or, but once it goes out, it's also recuperated yeah. because that's what it does. Yeah. So it's a very, that's what I was talking about, the, the in-between spaces. Yeah. And I'm interested in that because how much do you give out? How much do you put, how much are you, um, um, putting aside, but maybe you, one has to put aside to be able to grow. Mm-hmm. It's like a tree you, mm-hmm. you, you plant it. You're not going to be like, Oh, the tree's here now. And like, uh, the tree needs to grow mm-hmm. and while it needs to grow, it needs the shade. Mm -hmm. it needs the light it needs feeding it Mm -hmm. needs but it's not like already like putting out tentacles Mm -hmm. it's it's a slow process
0: until it really connects with others in a rhizomic way and
1: meanwhile it's connected with others in Mm -hmm. a rhizomic way because it has its roots which Mm -hmm. is hidden under the ground Mm -hmm. so it's doing a job that we do not see the mushrooms are coming out you see other things growing around it because it's an energy and it's the, the electrical structure you know it's like it's bubbling underneath, mm-hmm. but we do not see it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But by the time we start seeing when it's like, it's spread out, its leaves are coming out, it's the fruits are dropping. Well, it, uh, but before then it was doing something. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's sometimes I feel like there's some things that just, it doesn't need to be like,
0: mm-hmm. out yeah, there. It. Da, da, da. But it needs to be working. But it
1: needs to be working.
0: Putting something in the it air. Needs
1: it needs to be putting something in the air. It needs to be doing something that allows for a regeneration, mm-hmm. allows for um, a repair. It, ar- it allows for um, a time to breathe, that it should look like it's dormant, but it's not. It should, there should be time for a kind of fake dormancy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously.
0: Yes. Fake dormancy. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, you could, it could be like this, but what it's actually doing... It's you don't know. Sometimes the visibility isn't there to help f- to render opaque.
0: Mm-hmm. Visibility is there to help to render opaque. opaque. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure.
1: Thank you for inviting. <laughs> yes. I hope it made sense.
0: Oh, it made so much sense. So much.